0: to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 10, Space Invaders and Asteroids, the book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore, the year, 2000, Chapters 19 and 20, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go already! So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic, also the fact that they named it with her last name and the name that's tacky oh. i shitted and farted and came welcome back to expounded universe the star wars expanded universe novel discussion podcast i'm your host john joined as always by your host jeff how you doing hey if i'm gonna be jeff that i'm the one who gets to ask how you're doing <laughs> fine huh go ahead hey how you doing <laughs> you know what i find that question offensive <laughs> You know what? After all these years. So do I. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> no, really. How are you doing? I'm so full of juice. Oh, yeah. Because none of that thing you've been drinking has been juice. Yeah, but I'm That's... also full of juice. Oh, okay. You're just well, always... I mean, just body juice in just, general. <laughs> just full of nasty juices. I'm full of nasty juices. <laughs> yeah. It's me, John. Nasty <laughs> juices, boy. <laughs> everyone knows john is the guy who shows up to parties and they're like "Ooh, is that nasty juice and i'm like yeah that was my nickname in high school and remains my nickname to this day he's just like you or me prick him with a pin does he not spray juice to 20 feet <laughs> it's me nasty juice come see me spin this weekend dj nasty juice I know you're talking about DJing, but I would prefer to just watch you spin. Just watch me go to spin class this weekend. I just want to watch you stand in place and spin, like you're trying to activate a Magical Girl transformation sequence. Let me tell you something. Turn into Linda Hamilton. (laughs) Wait, no, not Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I'm going to turn into Linda Hamilton. Not even even her at all. Linda Carter. That was who I wanted. (laughs) But it would be great if I spun around and then turned into Linda Hamilton. Honestly, either one would be pretty cool. I'd be like, whoa. (laughs) Oh, shit, I'm Linda Hamilton. (laughs) well off to what i assume is my huge fucking house (laughs) great (laughs) have have to assume that Uh, so anyway yeah i did used to actually spin around a lot when i was a kid it was my favorite thing to do is just stand in a place and spin arms out spin around and your arms have to be out when you do this it's important I'm glad we're finally getting some real details on your childhood. This Actual is, details this is, of my childhood. This is unusual. Normally we shroud it behind the mask of marshmallows and ghost books. But when I wasn't reading a ghost book given to me by my butler, <laughs> I, I would stand in place, arms out, and spin around. And also it's important that your head is cocked to the side. Oh, that's weird. So head it? to the side, arms out. Kind of looks like I'm a broken one of those, you know those like spin things where it's like... Got the arms out and then it flies away. Oh yeah, yeah. Like then they fly right into the fireplace and yeah, it makes a it, great vine. It makes a great vine. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, There's sky dancers if you're if you're selling them to ten year old girls. Nasty. And they're I Miss forget, Jackson if you're nasty. <laughs> they Miss Jackson if you're nasty. No, there was a there was a version aimed at preteen boys that was like wing warriors or something. Great. I'd never actually seen one in person, but yeah, you do that mm-hmm. and then it gets real dizzy up in there and you're like oh so is cocking i don't your head do drugs but this is the the best high i can get as like a nine-year-old or whatever is cocking your head part of the, the... oh it's part of it <laughs> part of it i just didn't I, I don't know i didn't do a whole lot of spinning when i was a kid oh you missed out i mean that is like the nitrous of being a little kid <laughs> i mean when i was a little kid i mostly got high off choking myself i don't know if that's <laughs> that I, oh you were just ahead of the curve then i see <laughs> uh don't worry i used my own hands so uh, I, there was a built-in safety net i can only choke <laughs> myself as far as unconscious mm, mm. i would do that all the time because you know when you're living on the streets you know not allowed in your house and you're tired you want to go to bed the easiest way to do it is to just choke yourself unconscious oh yeah well and you get a real good feel for how long it takes to choke someone else out mm-hmm. yeah which is important drifter skills. Oh, yeah. You got to be able to know how to choke someone out if you're a nine-year-old living on the mean streets <laughs> with nothing but your wits and a pocket full of dreams. Oh, man, nothing but my wits. A roller racer, uh, two skateboards with a boogie board taped to them. Uh, a a makeshift bow and arrow. A ninja stars I made out of the slats of a screen door I stole from a family. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where, where my... Outdoor treasure collection was was like the Ninja Turtles cave. Uh, It's good. It's good that you were a weird garbage child. (laughs) I still have a taste for hot hose water. (laughs) Like, oh boy, I love cold water and all, but you give me that first glug of hot hose water with a slug in it, and I'm like, hell yeah, brother. (laughs) This is the life. So, Star Wars, maybe Star Wars, maybe. <laughs> so the chapter 19, uh, everyone has gotten back to Lando's and they are attempting to s- decide what they are going to do about the incoming wave. O coral skippers. Well, let's be let's be clear. First of all, by everyone, we mean Luke and 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 uh, I'm not Luke. We mean Han, Anakin and Kip Duran. Well, yeah, we Luke mean Luke, and, Luke, Luke and-, and Mara are still gone. Yeah, they're still gone. Uh, but we but we have the Han group has returned. Yes, (laughs) Sans Chubies. Sans (laughs) Chubies. That's our new podcast. I don't know what it's about yet. That just sounds like it's someone that had a banned book. Honestly, Sans Chubies has got to be some kind of ah, the Apocryphal Mysteries by Sans (laughs) Chubies. It's been banned in 27 countries. (laughs) It's spelled S A A N S. Both the A's have different accent marks on them. Obviously. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. But you first hear it, I think Sans Chubies, and I'm like, that's some weird Undertale slash thing, isn't it? (laughs) I don't. I don't know what Chubies is, but Sans is a character from that, I think. It certainly is, and I barely know that. (laughs) To me, I, I didn't I never I was like already too far into the uh, the game market to really be. I'm glad that it took like five <laughs> seconds before we went on a new digression. Uh, you want me to stop this one? You want me to pause? Are we good? How are we feeling? You fucking go for it, man! I ain't gonna stop you or tell you how to live your best life. Thank you. That's perfect because I was just gonna say that uh, that Undertale I can't tell it apart from Homestuck at a glance. Okay, I think they're. One's a video game, and the other one's a webcomic or something. Yeah. I mean, stylistically, they have nothing to do with each other. That's true. But for some reason, I just file them both away in the same part of my brain where I keep everything I think is stupid looking. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, anyway. Now, hey, everyone on the internet, you can come after this guy. I'm the guy. Throw buckets at me or whatever. (laughs) Throw buckets at me. Yeah, that's a Homestuck thing. Great. Yeah. Homestuck is sh Man, I... (laughs) There was a second you were about to take a stand. I was about to take a real stand. I was well no, because I was building into another digression that I have I have elected to skip. So Han Solo. You know what, actually? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Go ahead. You know what? Fuck this. This is no longer a Star Wars <laughs> podcast. This is just us ranting. Hey, maybe if it's Jeff and John talks about stuff, we'll get twenty seven awards. Yeah, that's what we need to do. <laughs> We'll just win the Enny every year and never be like, hey, maybe we should stop nominating ourselves for the (laughs) Enny. So Han Solo. (laughs) Han Solo is talking to Lando, and Lando is attempting to convince everyone they should just stay and fight for Dubrillion. Mm -hmm. Now... I am sure, on one hand, this is because he wants to protect his investment. He's like, I don't want to just leave this entire place that I have sunk so much money into, like literally every other project I have had. Yeah, but then again, he's also like, oh, also, wait, you told me that they can pull the the, the shields off things? Gee, if only I was the only person in the galaxy who had invented a machine that projects shields onto things. Also, we're not going to get a lot of backup, and the actual, like gun emplacements on the planet are going to be more powerful than just, like, relying on a Death Star or something. Uh, Yeah, well, a Star Destroyer, Destroyer. which they're summoning. They're like, oh, well, we can call the nearest Star Destroyer. And can I just mention real quick here that the names that the New Republic is giving all these Star Destroyers they're stuck with are bad. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, the Rejuvenator is only three days away. That's the perfect name for a Star Destroyer. (laughs) Yeah, we name all our Star Destroyers after energy drinks. (laughs) <laughs> the, the life water will be here shortly. <laughs> the Sobe Carrot Karma is on the way. <laughs> the Rejuvenator. Get out of here with this shit. Ugh. I mean, I understand that those things all had names like the Nighthammer and the Decimator and stuff. Oh, yeah. They're like, let's try and be... I don't know, have a gentler perspective on things. I'm just like, you You course-corrected too far. Yeah, the right thing to do is to copy Star Trek here and give them all names like the stalwart and the intrepid. Yeah. But, but instead, we're giving them these Healy names, which is so weird. Uh, this one's called the Band-Aid. <laughs> the kiss from Mommy on the Boo-Boo. Dude, I would love to be the captain of the kiss from Mommy on a Boo-Boo. <laughs> People keep asking you if it's a translation <laughs> issue. You're like, no, 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 we, no, no. We wrote, we named that in in uh or, or whatever common language everyone speaks. That's right. <laughs> we knew. Yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the kiss from the mommy on a boo boo. Oh, that was my favorite seal song. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we've gotten past page one now. So. <laughs> Well hell, we've only been talking for 10 minutes. This is going to be it's going to be a 6-hour oh, episode. Yeah, no problem. Don't <laughs> no worry. We'll just split it up. Uh So yeah. Uh Lando pretty much in addition to trying to convince them is also dancing around Han who is looking for fights. Oh, Han is like ready to throw down at a moment's notice. Yeah, because the first thing he does is march up to Lando and be all like, oh, by the way, we delivered your stupid cargo to moon target planet, Mm -hmm. asshole. You're the reason he's dead. And he's like, what the fuck are you saying that for? How would I possibly? It's not like I sent you there to kill your dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's not uh, a nice farm upstate planet I sent you to. Yeah, and so he is just, anytime anyone gets near him, Han is pretty much just being very aggressive to everyone. Yeah, and you know, once again, it's understandable, his best friend of like 40 years has died. Yeah, Um, but there are people who should be putting checks on him here and aren't, notably Leia. Leia doesn't show up yet, but even when she does, she still doesn't. Yeah. Like, there's points in these chapters where Anakin's like, come on, Dad, please forgive me, Dad. And she's just like, listen to your father. You're a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> it's not that bad, obviously. No, like, obviously no, not. Uh, but she instead, what she does is much more effective. Nothing. Yeah. She just sits there and goes, oh, Han's giving him that look. Oh, well. I'm just thrilled that that dog is dead i just keep thinking of all these new things of furniture i can get <laughs> he was getting so old han come on he had three kinds of mange demodectic didactic tertiary demo Doggin, <laughs> dromedary <laughs> uh, so yeah they're like we've got a bunch of ships and whatnot just sort of lacking in pilots because obviously everyone that was here doing the belt running game is just smugglers and they are going to fuck right off. Yeah, they're not going to help. Because we'll be like, hey, can you want to help us fight a (laughs) A a giant swarm of murderers? Planetary invasion kind of thing. And they'll be like, no, we want to go away. I'd rather not. I'm surprised there isn't a moment where Han's like, oh, you know what? Actually, now that I remember I'm a smuggler, too. Uh, peace out and goodbye. You know what? Fuck all of this. <laughs> I need to go find another Wookiee to enslave for life. <laughs> uh. So yeah, they uh, they are trying to find ways to essentially prepare for the oncoming storm. Yeah, and they've got lots of neat things that they're setting up. Like the gun emplacements on the planet are super important. Uh, Lando has multiple shield ships left over from his old. Hot Planet Venture, whose name escapes me. <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was a hot Planet it was a hot, Venture. Hot Planet. It's like Ryza or something. Everyone there was all sexy and wearing a one piece shimmery bathing suit. Uh, and of course, Han, because he's got Pedal fresh in his mind, he's, he's like, go send patrols out on this planet and look for craters or weird fucking hearts with blue spikes or whatever i just want to make sure no one pulls the moon down on this planet oh right yeah 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 because there is this is a dual planetary system uh we've only talked about dubrillion over and over again but there's another planet that they're kind of orbiting the same point yeah it's Uh, it's twin planets Dubrillion and destrillion destrillion uh which apparently is inhabited as well but not as important i don't know Anyway, meanwhile, Le- Leia shows up and is like, oh, Han, I heard about your dog, and I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what do you think of this carpet color? <laughs> and it's called not Wookie Brown. There's this point where she goes and hugs Han, and Han's like basically just burying his face and trying not to have a complete fucking breakdown. Yeah, yeah. And... She pulls back and is like, oh, yeah, he died saving Anakin. And I'm like, that's interesting that you would say that. And then just Han immediately goes like, mm, that fucking boy. Yeah. He's like, no, no. He left Chewbacca to die. He left him. And and Leia's like, "Uh, that doesn't even make sense. Like. If Anakin had a chance to go rescue, you know, the person who's been very important to him for his entire life, you'd think he'd take a crack at it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great that Han, after some badgering, is like, yeah, no, Anakin left him on the planet to die. And Leia's response is, oh, well, I'll just be quiet and not say anything. Yeah, we'll just we'll just clam up about that then. Meanwhile, I guess we're going to go check on Anakin himself. Yeah, he's talking to his siblings, or basically just Jaina when we first meet him, Mm -hmm. but he's like, there's nothing I could do. Yeah, but he's still blaming himself anyway. He's not in a happy situation. No, but he's like, the atmosphere was already on fire from the moon crashing into it. Yeah, I couldn't see him. Dad swears he could see him for a split second. But even then, it would be while we were on the way out, which means... If we had turned around, we would have just been dead anyway. Yeah. Jason comes stomping in, and he's like, all right, tell me what you did and what you didn't do. Like, he's just, hi, I'm Jason. I'm going to be the arbiter of whether you're in the right or the wrong here. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is he goes in, and instead of trying to be, like, sort of sad comforting, he's just very logic comforting. Yes. It's like... It's like Spock trying to give you a pep talk, yeah, or Data trying to do it. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm, well, I'm, I've been watching TNG again recently, well, that, so I've got that, I've got Data on the brain. Well, there you go, yeah. But he just sort of comes in and he's like, "All right, uh, if the atmosphere was on fire, it means the moon was already basically crashing into it. Uh, how far along were you? Like, where were you when this happened? Hmm? And eventually, straight up, Force uses uh, like brain manipulation and he, is like." like- could you have saved him? Yeah, he he forced polygraphs Anakin at one point. He's just like, oh, yeah, the, the atmosphere was on fire. That's moon compression. You had, like, two seconds. If you had even turned around to try to get him, you would have just crashed into him or near him. Yeah, you wouldn't have even made it to him. You would have just, okay, you know what? Let me ask you this. Could you save him? Mm-hmm. And he the just force. goes like, all right, without you being able to be, like, lying to yourself, he's like, I will force you to tell the truth yeah. using my magic wizard powers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. I couldn't have saved him. And Jason's like, all right then. Then you didn't do anything wrong. And he just turns and stomps right back out of the room. Oh, yeah. And I do like that he's like, oh, but Dad... And he's like, Dad is not half as angry as Chewbacca would have been in his final moments if he saw the person he just saved fly back and murder everyone on that ship. Yes, yeah. He he has a, a couple of cool things to say here, does Jason? Yeah, uh, he's like, do you think... Obi-Wan would have been super thrilled if Uncle Luke had just run back in when he was fighting Vader and been like, oh, fuck it, I'll die too. <laughs> I mean, in that situation, you'd be like, oh, Obi-Wan's fighting Vader. I should run over there. Anyone's better at sword fighting than he's too old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's <laughs> It's the best fight. It, it really is. I've read, I, I've not only have I seen people try to reduce. have you ever seen the CGI review yes. of that? It looks so much worse. Ugh. Yeah. It's so much better when it's just two old guys testing each other's defenses. Yeah, no, I'm like, when they're doing it, it actually looks like people with real swords trying to, like test out before yeah, they commit to anything. They're just not doing all those flippy shit that they did in the prequels. Exactly. Because they're like, I, if you do flippy shit, someone just holds the sword out and you cut yourself Look, on Look, I've watched two people get cut in half by trying to do flippy shit. I ain't doing it anymore. Yeah. From now on, I stand here and I try to force probe you into giving up, and I guess there's kind of a sword involved. <laughs> uh, So that pretty much does it. Like, Jason, at this point, needs to leave because he's... Also super sad about you, and he's like, there's only so much game face I can keep on. Yeah, so he's going to go off to have his private sad moment. Jaina's not worried about that kind of shit, so she's going to go over and give uh, Anakin a nice hug. Yeah, and he just cries into Jaina. Yeah, and we cut ahead a little ways, uh, basically, to when they're getting ready to go out and fly. Now, obviously, Han's going to take the Falcon, and he's going to fly up there, because he's real real mad about Chewbacca, and he wants to take it out on some aliens. Yeah, I mean the the rejuvenator is about 3 days away mm-hmm. and the invasion force is going to hit in 2 days so they're yeah. like all right we got to do something the nice thing about it is that when the rejuvenator hits that does uh, finally arrive in 3 days everyone's going to feel summertime fresh oh yeah yeah it's going to be like a blast of cool irish waterfalls right up your booty hole <laughs> fucking uh... rejuvenator why well, why don't they have a ship just called the berry blast <laughs> So, yeah, when Lando's like, I assume you'll be taking the Falcon up there. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to murder motherfuckers, oh, I'm kill people. And they're like, well, you're going to need gunners. No, none of you can go with me. None of you. Absolutely. I mean, sure. He's like, no more deaths today, please. Well, yeah, because his kids are like, well, we're going to go up there. And he's like, the fucking hell you are. <laughs> That's great. I do not need any of you as a co-pilot. Leia can at least badger her way past him because he's like, I'm going with you. You need a co-pilot. And he's like, N-. and she goes. if you try to have this argument with me, you will lose. Like, you already know that I will beat you. You may as well skip to the part where you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. You might as well, yes, dear, this shit, because that's where this is going to... draw. And then the kids come in, and obviously we're going up, too. And he's like, no. No. And they're like, we're the best pilots here. Like... We are literally your best chance at beating things. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, I don't like it. Well, yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, they're like, well, we need starships. Who's got starships for us? And I mean, Lando's like, I got plenty, but they're all just the dumpster garbage that I was running around in the belt with, which didn't have weapons on it. The belt runner ships don't have guns on them because they're just for games. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, well, we can. Throw a laser cannon and a couple torpedoes on there, I guess. Yeah, why not? Eh, have fun. Plus, those things are historic relics. At this point in the timeline, all of those ships are like 35 years old. Oh, yeah. So, meh. I mean, I guess if they're keeping it up, I mean. It's like it's, going up into space it, it, to fight in a bunch of F-86s. It's, it, it's a weird, I mean, to be fair, it is their only defense. And, to be fair, it's not like the Millennium Falcon isn't fucking old as balls oh, at yeah, this the, point the, anyway. The Millennium Falcon airframe is, is easily 60 or 70 years old at this point in, yeah, in the timeline. Yeah, but it's still just the best ship that's ever existed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so they do eventually convince Han, but he's basically just like, all right, you're going to stay in atmosphere near Belt Runner 1, the mm-hmm. shield ship, And you're not allowed to leave the atmosphere, and you got to stay within range so that you don't die. And no one's ever like, by the way, the whole thing with TIE Fighters is they are not atmospherically uh, stable. They're supposed to be in space. Like, that's the worst place for them to be. Yeah. I mean, as you can probably imagine, flying a ship that's shaped like an H isn't exactly the best (laughs) You know, in space where it doesn't matter about aerodynamics, you're sort of fine. On a planet, though. You know, those big solar panels work just fine in space where no one cares about wind shear, (laughs) but when you try and take these things into atmosphere, those wings tend to fall right off. Oh, yeah. If I try to turn, (laughs) my whole left side of the ship is just going to blow away. (laughs) Like the side of a barn in a tornado. (laughs) But he's like, you stay here. It's safe. Ugh. Great. <laughs> they're going to land Belt Runner 1 and use it to defend ships that are defending the planet. Well, yeah, because he's like, Belt Runner 1 has no defenses. If it's in space, it'll just get blown up. Yeah. So I'm keeping it down here, because yeah. at least if it's in dock, then it's got, like, the planetary defenses around it, so it has a chance. Yes. And then there's a ragtag collection of other people who are going to go up and fight with them. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, they don't matter. Two or three of them get names, but they're a ragtag assembly. Yeah, it's... You know. There's a you, guy named Gouth, I think, and, then, and I, like Kearney. Kuby, Ko- or something like that. Clubi? <laughs> I think it might be Cluby. I'm pretty sure it's Cluby. <laughs> Cluby and Sans. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh <laughs> It's definitely Sons and chuby <laughs> Yeah, Sons uh, chuby is in there as well. That's a good Star Wars name, really. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, I could I could see that being one of like the pilots of a K Wing on a uh, on an X Wing game card. Yeah. Sans chuby. Uh, He's... Pilot skill four, and he can do a thing. Who knew? Yeah, he's got one power. Yeah, he's from a book or something. Who knows? Yeah, he's from this book. So, before they head out, Anakin is still super sad because even though he's like, "All right, I know logically I didn't." Murder Chewbacca, and there was nothing I could do. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not getting. My, I'm getting nothing but hate waves from my dad. So yeah, because as, as, I'm already guilty, and I'm just getting nothing but shit from my dad. And as so... a 16 year old, this is not an ideal situation. Oh no, he's like, I am a young child, and this has scarred me. Yeah, but of course, Le- Han's given him nothing. Han's oh, like, Yeah, no, dumb fuck kid. Oh, cool. and, and, and we can go ahead at this point and add Leia's just sort of detachment to that oh yeah she sees han give anakin just like a fuck you look and she's Mm -hmm. like "Aw, he shouldn't do that i'm not gonna say he shouldn't do that good thing that's not my kid (laughs) Ooh, man i would have raised them right oh wait a minute (laughs) i'm gonna have a talk with whoever raised them winter chewbacca (laughs) oh heth (laughs) rear oh so, yeah, we get everyone sort of what they're going to do. We know where everyone is going. And then we cut to two days later mm-hmm. when they are in space ready to meet the invading armada. Yeah, the unstoppable horde of rock spaceships, which at this point I am. They keep describing them as iridescent balls of coral. And I don't know if this is just me, John, but I can't help but picture these things as basically just co- like a uh, fruity pebbles. Ah! Uh, or whatever whichever one's the round one's uh tricks I think just uh... I just I'm just picturing an invading army of giant tricks good is that I, I mean that really helps my mental image of this <laughs> I'm not going to lie I love that cuz up... in my in my mind I was thinking basically pearlescent meteors Yeah, but it's way better if just tricks are coming out of <laughs> Yeah, like old fashioned tricks. Because nowadays I think the tricks have like fruit shapes or something. But if they were just like ball like like just balls. cereal balls and in, in, in various colors. Cereal <laughs> balls and milk. With with milk trails behind them, shooting balls of condensed <laughs> lava milk forward. Little view screen in the front. <laughs> uh, every three hundred or so of these ships, one of them is a prize. Ooh. Silly humans, this galaxy is for Vaughn. <laughs> uh, that's what I was hoping. So, yeah, we go to Han and Lair are up in the Millennium Falcon, and for some oh yeah, unknown reason, they brought C-3PO. Yeah, C-3PO, because they wanted someone annoying there, just in case. And also, unmentioned until it's suddenly relevant, Kip Duran is with them. Oh, yeah, like, they had barely mentioned in the rest of this chapter like oh yeah kip had mentioned like coral ships anyway whatever yeah and then now they don't even mention him here they have this whole talk about like oh and uh, c-3po's babbling on and i'm talking to leia and like after a couple pages they're like anyway kip's in uh one of the gunner spots and you're like wait a minute what the fuck huh who this is like one of those like end game mcu movies where there's like 85 marvel characters and they they can't go through the process of establishing why everyone's where they are. <laughs> so they just, they just pan over, and there's Bucky, and he's like, hey, hi. I'm here. <laughs> pan back over again. Don't worry about it. He's fine. Ugh. So, yeah. Uh, Leia decides, fuck it, you can fly. I'll also go into the other gun pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 3PO, meanwhile, is just being annoying babbling. He's like, I'm sorry I can't translate the language they're doing, but what I could do is take the language I'm hearing you guys speak and translate that into code. Would that be useful? Huh? Huh? I could send that to someone, but they don't have me on the other side to retranslate it. (laughs) He's just babbling on about useless. He is more useless than usual. Yeah, because I'm like, this is a tense battle situation, and he's on the bridge just yammering. Yeah. Right to the point where Han gives the old shut him up or shut him down line in here. It's a variation, a wordier, stupider variation. Yeah. Uh, but but we still get one. I'm like, why do you keep putting him on your ship then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, I feel like the group that they've got up here now, just from the writing, it seems like they end up doing... A much better job than the dozen plus two Avengers. Uh, yes, no, they absolutely do. Um, but then again, we knew this was going to happen. This is the standard progression of of monolithic supervillains in in Star Wars books. Is that they're introduced to one or two of them that are unstoppable, invincible heroes, and then a thousand of them show up and they're chumps. Which I mean, I can kind of understand because if you've got target saturation, even if you miss the one you're shooting at, you'll probably hit something. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. But, I mean, these guys are constantly flying into asteroids and just bumble-fucking into each other and stuff. These are these are less trained Eugene Vaughn than Yeoman Carr. Well, yeah, because even in the fight, like, we get a little bit over the radio, and it's barely anyone is like, Oh, yeah, hey, my shields are gone. Oh, whatever. I go yeah. like, Man, you had this squadron that was supposed to be the super badasses that have been flying together as a unit, and they just got... Colound on yeah and then some ragtag idiots from Dubrillon are like yeah fuck these guys yeah no they're doing great and plus the falcon is as good as it's gonna get without Chewie's availability at this point he's got it han who's the best pilot of it up in the front with jedi manning both the guns yeah he, it, it's gonna be the best falcon it can be right now yeah so we uh as the battle is joined mm-hmm. we cut back to the kids down on uh, Dubrillion just being upset that they are on guard duty. Yeah, and, and flying what they constantly refer to throughout both these chapters as TIE Fighters. Yes. Okay, good. That just, will become relevant. Yes, soon. Shortly. <laughs> keep keep, uh, keep with us, because apparently they're flying TIE Fighters. Ooh, TIE Fighters. It's hot, the Sinar uh, the Systems TIE LN crunny by the way crew oh crunny right crunny right. is the guy that we are looking for Is that for. the kind of donut you would like is that i would love t- a crunny <laughs> oh my god when we're done here i want to get up in that crunny <laughs> <laughs> i know a good local donut place they got good crunnies they got
1: <laughs> they got good
0: uh. maple barbs <laughs> all the donuts you like everything you could possibly want so the kids can hear all of the chatter going on while they're down there so they can hear crunny get fucked up and yeah uh gorth and whatnot being mm-hmm. like oh they're on my tail oh, oh thanks. no they got thanks me on so well, now i'm an ex gorth <laughs> oh gorth <laughs> the story of how he became a space worm Uh, and Han and Leia and Kip are all in invincible main character mode where every time they get to describe to what they're doing, they're just like, and then Han with an afterthought dispatches seven of them using the front lasers of the Falcon and then turns so that Kip could pick off another six. Yeah. So they are bored. And yeah. they're just like, well, fuck it. Let's at least go see what's happening. And they're like, we're not allowed to leave the atmosphere. Well, yeah. What happens is, uh, is, uh Jane is like, fuck it. I'm going to go up to the black space, which is just the the edge of space, which is technically still in the uh, ionosphere. Uh, yeah. I'm technically in the atmosphere. It's the, I'm not touching you of atmospheres. Yeah. Uh, but, but while she's flying up to have a look at what's going on, uh, Belt Runner One gets taken out. Like, it gets taken out by by planetary bombardment or something. So now they don't have shields no matter what, because they're just in no, fucking... No, not sub- yet. Because yeah, oh, okay. they have to do the fight on the planet first. Ah, all right, sure. Because they have a fight where some of the... Coral Skipper things manage to, you know, break past everyone. Mm. Go down to the planet. Oh, that's right. And they try to kill them, and they can't because the planet's guns get them. Yeah, they're like, oh, let's go get them, and then the planet guns shoot them down. They're like, oh, god damn it, oh, god damn it, now I got to wait for another spawn. And then another <laughs> one comes in. And they're like, ooh, we got this one, and because at that point uh belt runner one is still working, they're like, We're not even dodging, whatever. We just run at you that's, and shoot. That's you. right. They line up next to each other and they're like, fuck it, you can't get through our shields with this shit and you can't pull our shields away because that other ship over there just keeps giving them back to us. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it, so fuck you guys. Yeah. And they just fly up and blow up a couple of these ships. Yeah. I mean, eventually Belt Runner One gets hit. Yeah. And at that point, they're like, wait, oh, shit. There's, well, Jane is immediately like, well, there's no reason for us to stay near the planet now. We don't have shields anywhere. They're like, hey, he only wanted us to stay on the planet because that's where the shield generator was. But since there isn't one, now there's no reason to not go into space. And I like that. They're like, that's not how logic works. And He's like, fuck you out. Yeah, well, she just wants to go blow up aliens. And luckily for her, I mean, unfortunately for them, these uh, TIE fighters that they're flying in, because they're TIE fighters, mind you, don't have personal shielding. That's not a thing that TIE fighters have. Well, also, these things just don't have that because they've Why been modified they? to take the belt runner yeah. shields. Yeah. So, But anyway, they fly up to help. They get out there and they blow up a couple more of the Coral Skippers, and then they are spotted by Han and Leia. Oh, yeah. Because Han's up there and he's fucking around, he's shooting some stuff, and then... Uh, he gets a distress distress call from some other fighter, and then he sees that like the things that were after it get blown away. And basically, right as he's going, "Oh, sweet, new fighter show Oh, goddamn it! <laughs> oh, it's my kids. Got get down. He keeps saying "break for planet," I think, or "break uh, break to planet." Yeah, "break for Dubrillion." Yeah, "break for Dubrillion." And they're like, "No, stop it. We're not doing that." No, we're. <laughs> and he gets the point where they're like describing him as apoplectic and red faced, and basically just pounding on a table and yelling the same thing over. Oh, another- yeah, he yeah. is. Just needing pictures of Spider Man at this point. Yeah, he is he has moved to the point where blood vessels in his eyes are popping open. I, I kind of picture him as being drawn by Crick Falusi right now. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> and they know that there are no shields because they're like, oh, we're here because Belt Runner One's down. He's like, that means you don't have any shields up here though. What the Break fuck? Break for you the doing? planet, you dumb fucks. There's too many. Get out of here. and They're like, Neeh. "Except for you, Anakin, you park your ship and sit there. <laughs> you think about what you did <laughs> until you die." Uh. And eventually they're like, "No, man. We're all going to break for the planet right now. Like, we've been pretty much overwhelmed. We're just going to go back and try and hope that the planetary defenses can hold them." Yes. And they're like, "Oh, great. We'll cover your retreat. Bye." Yeah. yeah. And around here, at some point, we get a break to see what's going on with the uh, the leadership of the uh, of, of of the bad guys. No, not yet. Right? Not yet. Okay. No. Well, then I guess we do the break first. So <laughs> after all of them are like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna try and fucking fight them off," they uh, <laughs> they get the bright idea of you know. We've done the belt run before. Oh right, That's An- these guys haven't. That's Anakin's big idea. Anakin's like, hey, hey, you know what? We know how to do the belt run, and no one's like, well, the belt run's random. It's it's random movement it's, of asteroids. It's not. It's not like you know the pattern of these asteroids. It's just you've you've been out there before. Plus, all three of you right away learned to use the shields as part of the belt running strategy. Uh, did you? So what are you dumb? Yeah, but nope. They nope, go in and they go in. There's nothing they could do to stop them because, basically, as they go into the belt, uh, the Millennium Falcon is just sort of surrounded by bad guys. They're like, there are just hundreds of ships between us and them. It's not like we could go help them. Yeah. So they have to break back to planet. So they break the planet. The the three kids go diving with their tie fighters into the uh into the asteroid field. Yeah. And they are pursued by dozens and dozens of coral skippers, which immediately start blowing up against the walls and getting soggy in milk. Well, the <laughs> at first, they're like, all right, this is uh, probably not the best idea. Because even though we are cool Jedis, we are also kids and not used to being under combat situations when we fly. And unshielded and in an asteroid field. And I keep having to point this out. No matter what kind of tie you're flying, it doesn't have good side visibility. No. You're basically flying inside of a garage. <laughs> sure, the garage You're like a doors. horse with blinders yeah, on. The garage door's open, but there's still walls on the garage. Uh, And they have some trouble, and Jason's like, Jaina, just lead us the fuck out of here. Like yeah. we're We're not doing anything here. Well, because Jason tries to dive into the field and is immediately scared right back out of the field. Oh, yeah. Like, he almost gets killed immediately upon entering the asteroid field. So he's like... All right, maybe no. Yeah, maybe no is his basic plan. But then Anakin has a a brilliant brain thing. Oh, yeah. So Anakin has apparently been working on force mind linking. And he's like, all right, you two, open yourselves up to the force and just like... Give me your senses. Follow my lead. I'm going to reach out to you, and you just give in to my weird force power. Yeah, and they're going to, their, with their triune might combined, they become the Order of the Jedi triad. Oh, yeah. At that point, they're just like, oh, well, now all of us can see everything from everyone else's perspective. We have full shared information. Mm-hmm. We have heightened uh, like, force awareness as well, because everyone's also joining in with their, like, force senses. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they're just like, oh, we're unkillable. Yeah, plus Jason is really good with animals. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaina does machines. Uh, So they just start clowning on everyone at this point, because they are the super killers with three minds as one, and mm-hmm. they are able to just, like, shoot people before... They even come around asteroids. They're like, we'll be needing to shoot right there. And then, like, a ship comes by and runs into their blast. Yeah, yeah. So they're just clowning on everyone and flying around in an asteroid with perfect accuracy and incredible amounts of information. Unfortunately, this is apparently very, very hard for Anakin to do. Yeah. He is attempting to maintain control over himself and two other Jedi and process three people's, like sensory and force information all at the same time which eventually causes him to just completely lose his shit yeah he just kind of shorts out the other two realize it's going to happen and can kind of guide their own way out of the asteroid field but he is in dire straits there's people bearing down on him uh there's vong coming in from all sides in their trick ships he clips an asteroid which doesn't destroy him but just sends him into a spin so he is in a bad place. And that's when he decides, okay, well, I'm probably going to die in the next couple seconds if I don't do anything. So I'm pointing myself towards the most black I can point at if space. Yeah. and punching to hyperspace drive. Punch it. So he punches to hyperdrive in his according to these chapters, tie fighter. Jeff, I feel like you have something to say about that. Tie fighters don't have hyperdrives. <laughs> And especially if you're talking about a Tie Fighter that Lando was using, because in this chapter mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, we could try and fit the Falcon with the stuff to make sure that like the shield, yeah, the belt runner, uh, the except- belt runner could do that." Yeah, but we'd have to take out just a load of stuff in there. Like we had to strip everything out of these Tie Fighters in order to make them be able to take this shield thing. I'm like. So that means you wouldn't have had room to then add a hyperdrive to a thing that didn't have one. Now, here's the thing, though. Everything that's happening in this chapter is copacetic and perfectly fine because my real complaint isn't that TIE Fighters don't have hyperdrives. It's that they're not in TIE Fighters. And how do you know that? Because we knew we learned that in an earlier chapter when they made a big speech about how the uh, the shock couch inside of the TIE Advance X1 is perfect for the purposes of running the belt. So these are, this is yeah, a series of... For- two people no that's the TIE bomber they use the TIE bomber to stuff Chewie and Lando and or Chewie and Han into for when they make their run the others are doing TIE prototypes specifically Vader's ship from the from the end of New Hope are you sure there aren't any TIE fighters in there I, there might be some Tie Fighters, but they made a big deal of talking about how the uh, the Tie Advance was ended up just happening to be the perfect ship for this because it's so well built for to handle, or it's got a big shock couch for a seat, which is actually a true thing uh, because Vader's uh, uh, prototype was built around his big dumb robot ass, <laughs> so the seat in it is larger and more stabilized than usual. There you go. So they are not flying Tie Fighters, which means, among other things, they don't have single shitty lasers. They have turbo. They have uh, double lasers. Well, they well, those have been removed all and of put the back Stuff in. off. Yeah, they have. They sh- they've had their own shield generators, which would have been removed to make the so, uh, make room for the belt runner attenuators. And they do have hyperdrives. but you'd think those would have also been stripped to make room. Eh. Uh, but anyway. Th- I'm just I'm just saying, they're not TIE fighters. They make a big point of these things these belt runner ships being tie advanced prototypes, which is weird because ultimately those were prototypes and there was the one. <laughs> yeah, but then they made a lot more. They did, they did. They made, they show up in non canon sources constantly. Yeah. Because they're I'm cool saying. looking. They're like, Yeah, of course we built a shitload of these. Yes. They look rad. Yeah. They look rad, and plus Vader had one. So if you just slap a red, a coat of red paint on one, they start looking super badass. And you know, some random moth definitely wants that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the hot ticket. That's the that's the firebird of getting a Tie Fighter <laughs> equivalent. That's not a Tie Fighter. Anyway, he punches it to hyperspace. Anyway, he punches it. Yeah. So, Jaina and Jason manage to make it back to planet. Like they get out of the belt safely, and get back to planet. The consequence of their little joyride into the asteroid belt, though, is that they fucked up a large portion of the invading ships that were coming in, so much so that the actual planetary defenses and remaining ships could defend against those that were coming in. Yes. So they actually, like, pretty much say, if they hadn't done that, we probably would have lost the planet. Yeah. So basically... Uh they saved everyone by virtue of the fact that the vong are suicidal dummies, oh yeah, well, I mean they're they're the vong, yeah, they're so, like, well, these are the best, and I gotta go murder them because they're the best, and I have to prove the vong are the best, yeah, those guys are like worthy or whatever yeah, we're, we're the vong, and we have a whole culture based on determining whether or not things are worthy, so uh, yeah, everyone's super excited, except of course. For them, because they have no idea what happened to Anakin. Yeah, although Jason immediately is like, "Okay, he's not dead. I'd be able to tell if he was dead." Because uh, of 4 I- I'm going to be very honest here, John. This is towards the end of this part of the of the of the cycle when they make this big thing with like, "What happened to Anakin? Where'd he go? He could have punched into a star or something." And I'm like, "I don't care. He didn't. <laughs> I- I'm I'm pulling no suspense from this." Hey, man, they killed Chewbacca. Anyone is fair game now, I- except for. Han and Luke and Leia. Yeah, but they they killed Chewbacca in a heroic interesting way. If Anakin's whole thing was that he accidentally like jumped into a rock and died <laughs> Ah! No one would be excited by that. That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. It would be like, what happened to Anakin? Oh, yeah, he actually shot at a Destrillion. He's dead. He's very dead. He hit his hyperdrive and just phased into a rock somewhere. He punched his hyperdrive, and TIE fighters don't have those, so he he ended up just punching his console, I guess. (laughs) And then he got killed by coral skippers. The end. Uh, But, you know, the rest of the planet is, at least that gives them. The, like, morale boost that they need. Yeah, they're the heroes of Lando's Folly. (laughs) Yeah, they get to watch, they're like, oh, we watched three fighters basically become god mode for a while Mm -hmm. and clown on all of these ridiculous badass invaders. That at least inspires some hope in us. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just fighters, but TIE fighters, which instilled in all of us a great pride for the flagship symbol of the Empire. Oh, yeah. We're so proud of the Empire I'm and their Sinar so Systems TIE Advanced uh, prototype ships. Those things are so much better than X-Wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so... <laughs> Jason and Jaina have to kind of explain to Han and Leia that, like, oh, we're in another chapter now, by the way, whatever, we it's fine have we hit the point yet where the vong have any words at all no okay great yeah this these two chapters are pretty focused yeah it's it's very focused on what's going on with these guys yeah uh but yeah they're like oh uh he he had to just punch it you know when you punch it yeah he had to punch it because he was about to die man i I sure hope he didn't punch it with any kind of lingering resentments from any family members or anything yeah i I sure hope that like no one around here would I don't know, regret that the last thing they ever said to him was that he was a terrible person. That would be awful. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I bet that would probably stick with someone until their bitter, acrimonious death. <laughs> you old fuck. <laughs> I mean, that anyway, old fuck. Anyway, see you at see Thanksgiving, dad. <laughs> yeah, so Han and Leia are just going to take off the Millennium Falcon and try and find him somehow they're gonna use the force this isn't the first time leia's pulled that move no but it's one of those things we're like han what do you think you're gonna do oh he's gonna go find his kid because he's han the guy who only reacts to things yeah he has no sense of planning we uh, uh we but, jump over to anakin who is yeah. obviously still alive of course he's, he's just floating out in space somewhere like of course his ship is too fucked up to just turn around and jump back because that would solve this problem obviously yep Plus, if you don't have a destination in mind and just hate your hyperdrive, you're like, I don't even know where I went to. That's like true. I don't know how to get back it's, to where I'm it's going. It's not like Thai prototypes have a, uh, an astromech to calculate the star charts for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And so the big dual thing here between Jason and Anakin is both of them, because of what happened, realize that maybe the truth in their two philosophies is somewhere in the middle. Oh, that's right. Because we had that whole thing in the beginning of this book where where uh, Jason's whole thing was, no, you need to give yourself all over the Force. It's all inner meditation. It's all meditation, and Anakin was like, no, you need to apply the meditative practices to real-world jobs. Yeah, he's like, I think the Force is an exterior tool to mm-hmm. help, and he's like, I think it's an interior way to better yourself. And then Jaina comes up to Jason at the end of this chapter and is like, yeah, so, I, I don't know if you knew this, but Anakin's been working on this whole link a bunch of Jedi pilots into like, a single thing. Like, his whole big plan is to have a Jedi squadron that is just unbeatable. Yeah. It's called the dozen Avengers mo- and, <laughs> and and not the dozen plus 2. It's called the functional dozen Avengers. <laughs> uh and so not dead dozen avengers (laughs) jason's like oh well it turns out that it looks like anakin was right all along i guess the force really is best used externally Mm -hmm. and then when it goes to anakin he's like oh it looks like jason was right all along if i had been able to focus more on my own inner meditative qualities i would have had the focus able to hold this uh mind bond unfortunately i shaved my head to afford the watch the watch chain i bought for him (laughs) uh indeed so the two of them have a little force of the magi moment Uh and (sighs) the truth lies somewhere in the middle thanks south park okay yeah god damn it uh and then we get to finally go to our good old pals Dagara. Yeah, Dagara is now talking and to his two Mushread. Yeah, Mushread. Who's we've met Mushread once before, but boy, is that ever a bad name? But not as bad as Dougie Brolo. <laughs> bro I was going to say it's probably pronounced like Dougie Bro, but no, it is Doogie Brolo. <laughs> These are uh, what are they? They're not prefects. They're the next thing down. Um, because pre- Dagara is the prefect. I think they all oh, are they are prefixes well because they're basically all leaders of their own worldship, oh okay, yeah, so Dagara is hanging around with Muhraeb, who is notably the lady one of the pile of uh the the first the first uh female vong who's gotten a name, yeah uh and do Brollo. doji Brolo, which honestly is a great star wars name, and I've got no problems <laughs> with it, uh, and they are just recounting basically how things went they're like, oh so. Uh Dubrillian's still around? He's like, yeah, but that was the plan. I that was just was, fucking with him. Obviously that was the plan all along. <laughs> Everything is going as I expected. No, it is two. You were hoping to win. <laughs> <laughs> I got the ceramic puppy clown! I don't know how many people have watched the new Invader Zim Netflix special, but good joke. But good joke. Definitely phase two went as expected, and they have a ceramic puppy clown. I, I, now. I get the impression we're gonna see a lot of that every time we have to read one of these NJO books of the uh of the Vong losing and then like some more important Vong going, yes. Exactly as, as planned, as expected. All according to Kaikaku. <laughs> Yu Zhan Vong's note, Kaikaku means plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're like, oh, we just uh, wanted to test out their defenses, see what kind of planetary defenses they have, see what kind of fighters they have, the pilots they use. Mm-hmm. We just want to see, like, what kind of stuff can we expect? And also, in doing so, we want to make sure they get a good look at what we can do so that they can also counterplan against us. We're smart. Oh, and also, we just want to lose just dozens and dozens of these fucking ships and, and warriors and it's it's not like Ujan Vong dudes are in easily I mean sure you can probably fuck your way to a bunch more of them but I mean you're killing a lot of your soldier base for people who came from another galaxy. Oh yeah, they're supposed to be the ones that are setting everything up and I'm like, "Man, you are you're really loose with the uh use of your soldiers here." Yeah, you can't long shanks this situation, man. You can't be like, <laughs> arrows cost money. Send in the Irish or whatever. <laughs> this isn't this isn't that situation. But we learn a few new exciting secret things about what's going on with the Vong here. Ooh. First of all, our big single tooth Yamosk monster man is expecting. Aw, uh, our Yamosk is gonna be a mommy. He's in a or they're in a family way. Uh which is great, I guess, because all of them are Super excited and surprised by this? I I guess they knew that the Yamosk was ready to spawn another Yamosk, but they didn't think it would happen so soon. Yeah, but then he's like, oh yeah, we'll take that Yamosk, and once we take Dubrillion, we can have the baby Yamosk drill into Dubrillion and then have it be the War-Canator coordinator. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I wanted him to be the War-Canadian, but... (laughs) He'll be the war coordinator over there, and then our Yamos can just really focus on pumping out some babies. Yeah, they're like, this Yamos needs to get busy and give us some grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, sick of these lonely Thanksgivings. And so, you know, (laughs) Doogie Brolo's like, hey, my my dude, you need uh, any of my coral skippers? He's like, no, I don't give a shit. And by the way, uh, he says, with a menacing sneer and a new reveal... Uh, we think that Yeoman Carr's plan to overtake that planet uh, Belkadan uh, is almost done, which means it should be ripe for growing New York coral. Ah, yes, York coral. I knew it, Horatio. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> A coral of most infinite jest. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they are just yammering on about dumb nonsense well i mean we do learn that's an interesting thing to learn that they didn't just fart planet uh belkadan to death that it's (laughs) actually for a purpose and it's so they can grow more spaceships there yeah they are trying to get to a level of sustainability they're Mm -hmm. like all right if we can get more yamosks then we can start doing war coordination farther out ultimately they need to spawn more overlords (laughs) we need additional pylons guys We must construct additional pylons. <laughs> uh, so they're like, all right, we got a fart planet for growing ships on. Mm-hmm. We got an ice planet for growing tentacle brains with we, one tooth. Yeah. We took a Riza so we can fuck our way to have a bunch more soldiers. <laughs> uh, you guys all have your I want to fuck statues, right? You know those <laughs> you know. That little brown statue you carry with you on Riza if you want to fuck? <laughs> you know, you all put that red handkerchief in your left pocket. I still that that's one of my favorite t TNG episodes. Is the one where they convince Picard to go there, and Riker has to like trick him into carrying the fuck statue. <laughs> here, 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 have this fuck stick. Take this statue. Take the statue. The people who 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 uh, live there will know what it means. And I feel like he'd have a real stern talk with him when he got back up there. Like, also, don't, don't give me fuck statues, Riker. That's that's completely uncalled for. Also, Picard is a very worldly and known captain who has been in Starfleet for a while you'd think he'd know about fuck planet yeah. like even if he didn't partake he would be like Oh, yeah, back when I was, like, a lieutenant on someone else's ship, we had shore leave at Ryza, and people would take the fuck statues. I know what this is, Riker. If nothing else, he'd do the research before he'd held down. He'd be like, what's going on? You know what? I want to make sure I know what my days at Ryza are going to be like. Maybe I'll sign up for a couple of art classes or something. Also, because he is, like, an archaeologist and whatnot, he'd be like, I wonder what the significance of this statue is. Oh, I should go and look this up. And then he'd... (laughs) Also, I I don't think he would be upset, because he'd be like, you know... Riker, I don't know why you're concerned about my dick moisture and how wet it is. He's cool. Riker's concerned about everyone on the ship. <laughs> Riker is like, "Hey, I know Deanna's the counselor, but are you feeling okay? Are you getting enough fuck?" It's yeah. He's specifically the fuck counselor of the Enterprise. Are you boning down enough? Look. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta do something. If it was him instead of LaForge that walked in on Barclay in that Hollow Suite, mm. he'd be like, "Ha ha! What well, did you take one of mine?" <laughs> I love that. I just got to the next Barclay episode in, in my, in my marathoning through, and he does it again. Of course he does. LaForge is like, "Yeah, hey, just walk into Holodecks. Who gives a shit?" Anyway, um, digressions, aren't they great? Uh, anyway, yes. The end of this is just. Han and Leia flying out to try and find their baby boy. And of course, Leia's like, wait, I can hear him. The Force, remember? Remember the Force? And and I'm surprised Han isn't like, hey, remember that one time when this happened and you just followed a trail of pure dark side to them? You want to do that again, you Force witch? (laughs) You killed Chewbacca. (laughs) It's your fault. I haven't figured out how yet. (laughs) Oh, you had babies, and if you hadn't had babies, I wouldn't have had Anakin, which means you wouldn't have killed Chewbacca. So you killed Chewbacca. (laughs) It's me, and I'm a bastard. Everyone killed Chewbacca but me. Or (laughs) Chewbacca. (laughs) Chewbacca killed Chewbacca in order to spite me. When you killed Chewbacca, you looked just like this. I don't want to go really high pitched. I'm not good at that. I know. It's fire. I know. Anyway, John, that's uh that's chapters nineteen and twenty, huh? Yeah, Yeah. We got some uh some good action, some forward movement. We only got six chapters left in this book, so there's a lot of cleanup to do. Yeah, we got three episodes left. Yeah. And because this is the beginning of like an actual new full several book threat 19 i think yeah it's not like this is gonna wrap anything up particularly no but i think they'll probably regroup everyone i feel like luke and leia are gonna, or luke and uh mara are gonna make their way back and i think we'll probably get something with the story because there's still danny and miko to think about yeah so there's there's disparate threads for which to wrap oh i know i'm just like man you got a lot of shit to do but i don't think you have to do it Because at least with this, unlike the other books where they're like, oh, we left left every thread to wrap up in the last two chapters, at least with this one, they're like, oh, we don't have to, because this is actually a multi-book spanning thing. Plus, I feel like they're going to be doing Nominor as a character who doesn't even do anything in this book. He just sort of... You know it's going to be cool. He just starts shit and flies away. So I'm pretty sure we've got him to think about. Uh, We've got Danny and uh, Miko. There's a lot of interesting stuff to be wrapped up coming up in the last couple of episodes. Hell yeah um Four. so so come along and join us won't you i i had a thought i was gonna you had a thought and uh, then you tried to think I, I just, it just my finger went up and it just sort of deflated <laughs> don't uh, worry happens to lots of fingers so thank you so much for joining us as always we have been expounded universe if you like us you can support us on patreon com slash system mastery At the $2 level, you will unlock the bonus content for Expounded Universe. We call it Expanded Expounded Universe. Uh, and it is us doing deep dives into Wikipedia to find topics of interest or a note that we share with each other and with you, the listener. That's right. It's about a half hour episode. We do them four times a month so your two dollar donation turns into four bucks a month on average which turns into four bonus episodes on average plus another two bonus episodes of the other show so they're like 75 cents each it's a ridiculous deal yep we're dumb we're just handing them out just standing at the corner store all day from five till nine handing out the hot episodes and dickings also hot episode dickings <laughs> handing out them hot dickens you get great expectations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week with more of this nonsense. And until then, I've been Elan Sleeze Boggiano. And I've got dead sticks to punch it. Punch it, Chewy, Sans Chewy, punch it. <laughs>